you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The Around the NFL podcast has never signed a booby. <laughs> Welcome. I'd have to think about that, but it's probably right. To another edition of the Around the NFL podcast, my name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Not related to this show, but another... Go on, Mark. Just saying. Very saucy start to the Wednesday (laughs) hump day show. And again, no show on Friday. Because we will be on airplanes, four different airplanes, really a sign of the times about what's happening with the people behind the scenes of the show. Um, We will all be flying to Phoenix uh, for the owners' meetings where we will be um, interviewing coaches and GMs. Last year, I remember this show, we were able to tease who we'd be talking to, but this year it seems to be coming together um, a little slower, so we don't know yet right. who we'll be speaking to. We we don't have any confirmed yeses. We do have six confirmed noes. So we're, so we're going to – They were quick with those responses. We're going to read them out loud. Uh, one of them uh, is a future Hall of Famer. Um, Coach is my favorite team. Oh, did Bill say no? I mean, we've put well, it in. I don't think Bill there. is familiar with the request ever came. He was – it was it, at door <laughs> one of 80, it was like absolutely – Basically – That was one to just put fun on our list because like you never know. But he doesn't give anyone – A shadowy league figure came to us and said, make a list, a wish list, if you will, of coaches and some GMs. We did that. And then when the list was done, we didn't even think of Belichick because Bill is kind of above it all. And you know what? Rightfully so. Whatever, Greg. Congratulations on your great success as a fan. But we said, why not? Throw Bill on there. <laughs> he goes to the owners' meetings. He goes there with Linda, and he wears the Hawaiian shirts, and he has a good time. He wears the shorts, puts the calves on. We display. see them play. I think they played some tennis one year. We saw them coming back so why when not? we were there. Yeah. Who knows? The one thing with Belichick, Wes, and, and you know this as a Belichick file, 
He's unpredictable. So would it be completely absurd if he ended up on our podcast? Kind of, but we had to ask. I think he takes a lot of pride in being unpredictable. I think that is one of his signature moves. This felt predictable to me, That almost like an automatic reply. (laughs) We got a no back within like 12 seconds. And not from Bill either. It was from uh, their people who probably laughed. I would say one of those ball boys. Yeah, um, we don't talk about them, oh. Mark. Uh, big show coming up today. Uh, a new seg called Loud and Clear, uh, in which we will uh, spin through the league and uh, what teams are sending a very obvious, succinct, um, on the nose message to all of us, like a billboard, like a billboard. It's a, a billboard that's telling us this is this is what we're going for right now. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about the teams we believe are doing that, and we might not all agree as well. And that's part of the fun. That's the good thing about whether it's sports talk radio or podcasts. You don't want everybody in, in agreement at all times. I mean, they often ask you to manufacture disagreement. Right. We don't do that here. <clears throat> Never. It's healthy. Nor do we acknowledge what that. a <laughs> manufactured <laughs> joke. <laughs> and sometimes uh, we do. And we're going to hit the news as well, uh, including uh, a couple of longtime Packers on the move. And before we do that, we have to say hello to a woman who has been missed over the past uh, week and a half. Um, Kent Brown filled in, did a really nice job, but something about Kent is on my radar, and we're going to deal with that at the end of the show. But otherwise, Kent really did good work in your absence. But Ricky Hollywood, Erica Tamposi is back behind the glass from her trip around the world. Welcome back, Ricky. Hello, boys. How are we doing? You seem refreshed. You actually told us this morning that you actually missed us. I did. I did. It was it was such a crazy, incredible, amazing, amazing, amazing trip. Um, but I, I did feel a little FOMO. Mm. I, I think Dan put it really well while you were gone that it says a lot about what how we feel about you that we really didn't give you any grief whatsoever for leaving like during the most busy time <laughs> of the season, like in the most unprofessional way we would possible. Have, we would have killed other like, producers. Literally the most. And, 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 yeah, we, we, we would have been. In fact, grumbling. we have. Like we would have been. Grou- <laughs> we would have been group texting. God, you know. But since it's like, hey, it's Erica. You know, take off. For it's you. cute that she doesn't care. <laughs> I, I found it refreshing. <laughs> well, I to be to be completely honest, I didn't know that it was free. Right, of course. <laughs> I mean, so that, we we under, point. Don't worry, we, we we know. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So good to good to have you back. Did anybody uh, recognize you? Any, any a couple of people? The show? Yeah, I met up with a couple of people, and then there was this one guy who works at a brewery in Scotland who totally hooked it up. He DM me, and I happened to answer that one. Um, and he, <laughs> right. there was nine of us. He hung out with us, went to the bars with us after we invited him out because he was so cool. He was, he was such a great guy. Oh, good. It was really fun. So we kind of created that for you in a way. Yeah, thank you. He, yeah. he made such an impression yeah. on you. All right, and we'll talk about a little bit, a little bit more DM talk later, but for now, let's dig into the news. Oh, hey, I'm a pass rusher. Before anything else, I'm a pass rusher. That is the voice of Clay Matthews during his Green Bay Packer heyday. Um, And after a long run uh, with the pack, he has moved on officially. He is now a member of the Los Angeles Rams. Um, The pass rusher, 
And he told us you know, he's a pass rusher first and foremost. Uh, signed a two-year deal worth a max of sixteen point seven five million. The Rams have officially announced this. It's a done deal. Um, so the former first-round pick, twenty-sixth overall in the two thousand nine draft, number fifty-two. This guy will be in the Ring of Honor uh, in Green Bay one day. Uh, but Wes, in terms of the modern day, uh, what? Does this is this a signing that made the Rams better? Do you think Clay Matthews has anything left in the tank uh, at this age? It's a tricky question. Anytime a guy on defense is on the wrong side of thirty, it's thirty-two coming off a bad year, and he had three point five sacks in sixteen games, only twelve quarterback hits. He had one of the lowest pressure rates of any pass rusher in the league last year. When a guy has a season like that, you never know whether it's a sign that he's already off the cliff or if in a new scheme he can come in with a you know a change of scenery and have a bounce back year I think he probably has a little bit left in the tank but it was a miserable year last year for him he's had one good season really out of the last three or four because he's really struggled in 2016 but I do remember you know DJ talking about and and some people have watched the the Wade Phillips defense over time just talking about how many sacks Wade Phillips creates that when Sean Merriman won defensive rookie of the year it's like 11 of those sacks were him one-on-one against a, a running back and so you're getting Matthews on the outside they need just some sort of capable second pass rusher with Fowler he's in a good defense to make him look better Mark is it you the Rams have been on your radar in the past and I will say this this is such a Rams signing that sometimes it, it feels almost too cute. Clay Matthews joining the Rams, and I know it's another guy that you put on the program, uh, but is it almost like a too much of a less-need-era Rams move? Do you, do you think this is the right move or just a great fit for a, a guy that came from L.A. and a team that likes to have marketable players? I don't think it's a – it's not an on-my-radar move because they needed pass-rushing help, and it is a little cute – to, you know, take a flyer on Clay Matthews. Oh, you get him back in the Coliseum before you move out of it. I mean, I guess that's part that's of their adorable. thinking. But the Rams are a lot less on my radar after the Super Bowl. Good. Because and they got their that, comeuppance? That's, well, because it, it was too easy of a story. And a lot of it felt made, felt made for TV, mostly NFL Network. And at this point, they've got a harder road back. That makes them more intriguing. Let me ask you a question, Greg Rosenthal. Another move made by the Rams, Blake Bortles, cut recently by the Jaguars, the former number three overall pick, lands in L.A. as the backup to Jared Goff. Are the Rams today better at backup quarterback than they were with Sean Mannion Uh, at the end of the 2018 season? Is is this an upgrade at the backup position? Who knows? All right. I've never seen Sean Mannion play meaningful snaps, so it's a tough call. Well, against vanilla defenses in the preseason, he's looked awful. Yeah, it's, it, maybe they're a little better. They only have to pay $1 million, which is you know the cheapest veteran backup quarterback in the league, period. So, so from that vantage point, they needed to save some money to spend it elsewhere. That's fine. And he's making, I think, $6 million overall because the Jags contract. Right. The, the Jags are still extension. paying him $5.5 million. And so they get to pay $1 million less because he has off, you know, offsets in his contract or whatever. Uh, that's fine. It, can, it, it does have one of those moves that has a chance to make Sean McVay look like like a genius because like if he comes in and has two or three games that everyone's just loving it. I mean, I think the Rams are telling you it's a better situation. They had four years to self-scout Mannion and, and at times seemed like they liked him a lot. 
and he's gone, they brought someone else in to replace him. You spent all that time with him, and you found someone better well, they, for a very low amount of money. Right, and they, they also did that thing where it's like, hey, Sean Mannion, you know, might who knows? Maybe another team will take a chance on him for a third or fourth round pick. to be. Huh? It's like, no, all that talking up is not going to make someone give up a draft. No, if like 22 quarterbacks were like eternally kidnapped, then Sean Mannion's value starts to hike. I've compared McVay to this generation's uh, Bill Walsh, who famously – rehabilitated Steve Young when he was at the bottom of his career and turned him into a Hall of Famer. Steve Young did not have a major, major, major mechanical flaw that everybody has tried to fix and cannot fix. I think that's the difference. I don't know if Blake Bortles is fixable. Mark, is eternally kidnapped a nice way of saying someone was, you know... Well, they're not coming back. And we'll be looking for them for a long time. So it's a it's a kidnapping, likely a death, but the case is never solved. I don't know where you come up with likely a death. That's that's that would preclude you from being an investigator. You need evidence of that. They've been kidnapped. That much we know. You've got to triple source it. So Greg is dressed like a, in a, a some sort of what Los Angeles PI today, but you've got to actually. Do I work. would love to. Jake Getty. I would love to. I mean, they would put me on the the. The missing quarterbacks case. 22 disappear all at once. I mean, that that's going to be a long case. Uh, in other <laughs> a news. A lot of things to find out. So Clay Matthews' history in Green Bay. So is Randall Cobb. Um, in the second wave of free agency, the slot receiver agrees to sign with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, a deal worth $5 million, uh, one-year contract. So essentially a, a prove-a-deal for Cobb, who's been – in regression uh, statistically for several years now. Uh, but the Cowboys, after letting Cole Beasley leave to go to Buffalo, get Cobb. Uh, Mark, what do you think about this move? Is it an upgrade in Big D at the slot? It is not an upgrade. It's underwhelming, attached to a sort of starry name of a player who, like we point out with 10 to 12 guys who make these kind of signings every offseason – what it's beyond the name. Who are who is this player today? I would rather have Cole Beasley. That was such a, a they split. There it didn't go down well, and you've 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 downgraded essentially the right. position. He's much cheaper. That I think they were looking to save money at the position, but Am even I, five million. I'm the only one who much. seems to like this. I know Cobb is. You know, it's more about the game name thing, Wes, and all that. But <laughs> game names doesn't it? Doesn't like it, them. Doesn't it feel like? Aaron Rodgers, we give a total pass, and we are, oh, well, Mike McCarthy was ruining him, and the whole system was stagnant. Randall Cobb was also playing in that. So it's maybe a, a fresh start, and his career could be, uh, uh, you know, relaunched in a way. Well, I would retort with, if you can't do it with Aaron Rodgers, what makes you think you can do it with Dak Prescott? And averaging 10 yards per catch and about three touchdowns per that year. Juice. Ain't getting it done. You're, I think Greg's right. The juice in the juice in his legs evaporated a few years ago. When Bill Belichick, when you're a extremely versatile and tough, smart slot receiver, and the Patriots have no interest in you, to me that's that's a bad issues. sign. The Packers really had no interest uh, in keeping him. So please stop it, uh, social media managers, with your this is this Cowboys offense starting. Attacked is fire, Cobb. Well, that's it, their that's their job. That was just one tweet I saw. <laughs> it's it fire like, season. It was SDN. like right. It was like this Cowboys lineup is fire, Dak. Okay, Dak's fine. I mean, Zeke, they did Zeke. Zeke's great. And then and then Cooper, Cobb, Witten. It was like okay, just names. It's okay. Remember how they dealt with uh, Bryce Petty on the Jets? 
not everything is fire. No. And it There's was, a quarterback competition in uh-huh. New York. Right. So, well, I mean, you got to be careful. It's like our, you know, I love our NFL no- social media team, but they had one yesterday. They were like, name a better quarterback wide. Uh, running back combo then Lam- and they had a picture of Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram and then everyone was like oh there's like 22 ones <laughs> better than that that's not not that and get ready no comment get ready it's trope season uh, remember last year I believe it was Stephen Jones who told us that Tavon Austin the web back was going to have 20 touches in Dallas's offense in 2018. Well, guess what? Randall Cobb will have 80 to 100 catches. Probably will be a wow. prediction we hear at some point that he will become a Pro Bowl level slot guy once more. I believe it. Tavon's still, it. still there, by the way. A move that you know never made it to the. Joey had like seven our, touches last year of our show, but he was re-signed. I would, I would actually take the over on. I think I would go Austin over Randall Cobb for Can- yards. Wow. No way. Oh, buddy. Come on. Just going to lean into it. Tavon Austin, like, circling back to the absurdity of the statement last spring about all the touches, I think he got less than 10 touches total the entire year. Like, literally. (laughs) He was was injured for, like, two and a half months. He had eight receptions and six rushes. 14 touches. All right, moving on. Uh, Did not take long for Vontae's perfect to find work. Uh, a day after the veteran linebacker was cut by the Cincinnati Bengals, he signs a one-year contract worth up to $5 million, uh, with the Oakland Raiders. And he reunites with D.C. Paul Gunther, uh, and who was the D.C.U. Cincinnati from 2014 to 2017, Burfick's golden years. Uh, it also, Wes, you might find this interesting, reunites Burfick with Antonio Brown, the man he viciously concussed in the 2015 playoffs also, or 16 playoffs, one one of the lowest moments in the history of a franchise that's had a lot of low moments that Saturday night in Cincinnati. I'd say more bemused than interesting. Okay. Interested. Um, yeah, I think the Raiders are really taking it back to the 70s as far as who they're bringing into their franchise right now and bringing in the guy who tried to decapitate the receiver you just traded for. <laughs> A guy who... They can't hurt him now. Let's be honest. What are the odds Vontez Burfecht is on the week one roster? People have told him he shouldn't play anymore because he has concussions. And he might be the one guy who says, I don't really care. You know, I'd rather play football than care about my health long term. But I I don't even see Vontez Burfecht as guaranteed to be on this roster. Well, if you're Mark Davis, you're going to have to get out your little typewriter and prepare all these ownership notes saying we totally believe in Vontae's perfect and we're, we back him no matter what he does the same way that Mike Brown did in Cincinnati. Mm. You ready for that? It's a, re- it's a reminder too that it's, especially on the pro side, maybe not the draft, but this is Gruden's, this is Gruden's party. This is his show. He is in charge. It's, it's not, if you I, didn't know by now, plug in. I'm just saying, I don't think like Mike Mayock would be signing Vontae's perfect. Uh, Antonio Brown had this to say about Vontae's perfect. It's all positive, man. Well, maybe now it is. It wasn't then. Right. Speaking of uh, Brown, the former Steeler, his former Steeler teammate, Le'Veon Bell, becomes the latest player to publicly tee off on Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, in a interview with Sports Illustrator, uh, Sp- Sports Illustrated, <laughs> it sounds like a good magazine also. That would be a good job to have. Uh, guy drawing cartoons. <laughs> Bell discussed his experience with Big Ben, and uh, he had this to say. The organization wants to win. Tomlin wants to win. Ben wants to win, but Ben wants to win his way, and that's tough to play with. Ben won a Super Bowl, 
but he won when he was younger. Now he's at this stage where he tries to control everything, and the team let him get there. So if I'm mad at a player and I'm not throwing him the ball, if I'm not throwing A.B. the ball and I'm giving Juju all the shine or Jesse or Vance or whoever it is, and you know consciously you're making your other receiver mad but you don't care, well, it's hard to win that way. <laughs> well, 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 let me uh, tee you up on this, uh, Chris Wesling, because, you know, first of all, Yes, the Steelers have not won the Super Bowl in whatever it is now. Uh, this will be 10 years. 10 years. But in Big Ben's illustrious career, and it has been an illustrious career, maybe not always off the field, but on the field, uh, he just came off a 5,000 yards, uh, 35 touchdown season. He's going to be in the top five in all passing categories. He's won two Super Bowls uh, and been to three. In almost every other case, that type of resume is unimpeachable and you don't get killed ever in the press uh, by your players. But Ben seems to be the exception to the rule. Consider the source. Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, who, by the way, are making many more millions because they played with Ben Roethlisberger instead of an yeah, average dog. quarterback. They lost all credibility with, with me. One guy couldn't report to his teammates for the entire season. The other guy couldn't report to his teammates in the biggest game of the year. And now they're criticizing the quarterback who does report to his teammates. I just don't care what Le'Veon Bell yeah, and but by that, Brown Yeah, but by that logic, say. you wouldn't care what Ben Roethlisberger had to say. This is a guy who's, you know, almost lost his spot for the team because he sexually assaulted women. So That's to, not the same logic. I mean, I, but it, we're, we've heard from teammates – throughout his career. You're that allowed they to care. Were, I'm saying I don't care what these two players have to say about anyone right, right. now. Right. I do find it interesting in today's day and age, though, to hear anyone talk about their own quarterback or their former quarterbacks away because people just stay away from it. It used to be much more common. In the 60s and 70s, you would talk some trash uh, about your old teammates, about uh, you know good players on other teams. It was just sort of part of yeah, because it's normal. It's like we don't like everyone in this building. Sometimes we talk trash about them on this show subtly. You know, they don't like some people don't like us. Like people don't like their coworkers. But it's unique at a quarterback position to see it pretty widespread throughout his career. Not just whispers, but people talking on the record. They have wrote. They have voted team MVPs in in Pittsburgh for 16 years of Ben Roethlisberger's career. He's won it once. Here's the last winners. Antonio Brown, Heath Miller, Antonio Brown, Lev Bell, Antonio Brown, Lev Bell, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith. That tells tells me something, that your teammates, for whatever reason, don't like, or at least enough of them, don't like the way you do business. I'm with you, but it, the, the idea of comparing it to working in a big company doesn't fly with me because we automatically dislike a bunch of people in, in our company because there's different tiers of us. Right. And when we rip on people, it's typically ripping on the people up on the third floor that didn't do enough Often for our us boss in the show. And leadership Anyone position. above you. But th- th- I think to the point, and I get the sourcing of, of Bell and Brown are, is dubious on some level and that says more about them, probably all of this, than anything else. But they're talking about the locker room and they're talking about the fact that there's a player or players, but certainly Big Ben, that is treated with, an, with a dose of favoritism by coaches and ownership and everyone else. And they don't like that part of it. The other thing is that Big Ben by now is so much older than the vast majority of the people he plays with on the Steelers. Sure. Like we just heard, you would never hear this about Breeze or Rivers or Brady or. I think they're fundamentally different people, and not everyone's going to be a great leader necessarily. But Big Ben has been there for the team. Wait, here's the thing: I've been making the case forever. I think Big Ben is weirdly underrated. I mean, he is an unbelievable quarterback. It really doesn't change that much about that. It's just interesting to hear the people around him bring this up. And I should make it clear, Greg, something you said earlier: there were allegations attached to Roethlisberger, the sexual assault, and it led 
led to a six-game suspension by the league for violating the personal conduct policy. And I wonder how much of that will always linger with them inside a locker room because you don't see any of the other big names have that type of Well, it's, a, it's his character. Record. I mean, the whole story behind them winning the Super Bowl the first time around was this guy Roethlisberger rubbed everyone the wrong way. And, okay, they kind of, when they won in the end, it's kind of like, oh, he, he, he won us over a little bit that, hey, this guy's good that he won. But when he first came in, Heinz Ward, Jerome Bettis, it's like they thought this guy was a jerk. <laughs> and, yeah. so, and so and that might Antonio just be... Antonio Brown's talking up Vontez Perfect as a perfect teammate, so you never know. Well, let's see what... I'll, I'll be interested to see what Antonio Brown is saying about Derek Carr after the season and Lev Bell <laughs> about Jets management. I get Wes's uh, side of it as well. It's, it's, uh, but it is interesting because it just... It doesn't happen. And usually, and Carson Wentz being a perfect example a couple months ago, if a quarterback and the face of the franchise or the biggest star or the longest-lasting star in the franchise catches fire... You'll have guys coming to his defense and saying Ben's a, a, a hero. He's a legend on this team. He's a leader. That doesn't seem to happen uh, in Pittsburgh. I think when you these can see it even with his rea- his interactions with the the media, Ben Roethlisberger, the way he talks about his teammates sometimes, the way just I, I just think for whatever reason he rubs people the wrong way. I agree with that. <laughs> and I'm not defending his character. I think he does have character issues. I also think every quarterback in the history of the NFL who's been with the same franchise for 15 years as the face of the franchise gets preferential treatment. That's just the way it's done. I don't have a huge problem with that. If you're, sure. going, if you're, if you're a fan true. of a team and he's been there for 15 years, won you multiple Super Bowls, He's the whole, my favorite. Too. The whole idea of like Bell and Brown and these guys though getting mad because they think that he's you know preferring some teammates to others, and there was that whole you know rumor, which is kind of nonsense, that he intentionally fumbled because he didn't like a play call that Todd Haley made, which I don't find credible at all, and there's proof that that's not true. But it's just the fact that his teammates were thinking it is just interesting and you know unique that they right. thought they right. Antonio Brown, by the way, for all the the speculation and the whispers and insinuations that he was looking to Juju. Yes, Juju led the league in catches or whatever, but Antonio Brown got his too. I think he was like 100, 1,415 last year. So I think he just didn't like where it was plenty going to go around. in the next coming years. All right, let's move on. Uh, Peyton Manning, how about that guy? He's, uh, he's you know, a little quiet. He's out of football now, and he – has not gotten into broadcasting like many people thought he would. Well, check out those ESPN Plus things or whatever he's doing. I did not check those out. I, I don't should even I? Know what ESPN Plus is. ESPN. I only watch NFL he's been media. Doing ESPN They've been stuff. trying to pump it up, but I haven't really seen it. You I'm have only some connected to NFL subscription media. or something. And I'm also connected to Golden Moments presented by McDonald's, introducing the new Big Mac with bacon, cheesy bacon fries, and quarter pounder with bacon at participating McDonald's for a limited time only. Is it the best thing to happen to McDonald's classics or to bacon? On that note, what is the golden moment of the week? How about a golden moment for Peyton Manning finally making the move, nailed it, into broadcasting? Uh, ESPN is courting the great quarterback, uh, to join its Monday Night Football team. This coming from The Hollywood Reporter, so from a real source, ESPN President Jimmy Pataro and content chief Connor Schiel made a trip to Denver on March 11th mm-hmm. to meet with Manning, uh, who has been mentioned before, of course, for a broadcast role. Uh, Monday Night Football coming off a semi-disastrous 2018 season. 
got bailed out by the Cowboys, who hired Jason Witten out of the booth. The Burger, Burger Mobile is dead. Uh, obviously, there are changes coming, and Peyton Manning sliding into the booth to me makes a lot of sense. I know I'm probably a much bigger Peyton Manning fan as a personality than everyone else in this room, but I think he could potentially be hmm. a big hit uh, in this role. I don't know if he would do it, but that's my two cents. No, I'm closer to you. I would like to see what Peyton Manning does. I don't know. I think it's too hard to predict whether he'd be. I think he'd be great. Great or good. I don't. I, it's hard to imagine him being terrible. You never. You know, just because he seems comfortable on a microphone. But I think smart. he'd be great. I look forward to it. And I support it. I mean, he's smart. He's got a sense of humor. He has an, a, a, a intellectual viewpoint of the game that is almost unmatched. Uh, and he's comfortable in front of the camera. You add it all up, and I think he has. A, I don't want to say Romo-like potential, but he has potential to be an instant star as well. And if I'm ESPN, I would roll the dice and uh, go after him hard. Now, Peyton Manning has more money than God. With Between Papa John's and his playing days, he might not need this job. <laughs> this is not like a like a cupcake thing where you just roll someone into. It's a ton of work. It's a ton of analysis. You're under a lot of pressure coming off the Witten thing to come in and shine. And, me, and I think Tony Romo has made this a much tougher gig for anyone stepping in where you've done no broadcasting and then suddenly you're supposed to jump in as the color analysts on Monday Night Football, you know, eight months from now. That is not an easy job. And it's funny, I thought Joe Thomas was asked a couple times this past week because he's been linked to it a few times. Hey, wouldn't you want to do this? Wouldn't this be such a dream for you? And he basically was like, I got to be honest with you. I watched Jason Witten do this, and he didn't seem like he was having any fun. So it gave him pause. And it's like, I think what happened to broadcasting where you go find out if you're good at it, number one, for a couple years. Thank you. And if you enjoy it before, because what if, what if Peyton Manning is, an, is great? That's great. But if he's an ultra dud, A, we have to suffer for it. It totally flames his entire, the way we look at Peyton Manning, the same way we look entirely different at Jason Witten. Now it's about, you know, the Pro Bowl trophy falling apart and the four or five lines he had that no one can forget. If that's Peyton Manning in a year, if he, if he flunders it, because that happened, right. that's happened to other big-time quarterbacks. And I think that's... Johnny Unitas flamed out hardcore as a broadcaster. But that's part of the game. That's part of the industry. It's, it doesn't have just, to be. He has Why to, not? He has to really want it. That's I all. wish that particular station or channel or broadcast, whatever... I know I'm tilting at windmills here. I just wish they cared a little bit more about the actual broadcast of the game and a little bit less about names, bells and whistles, graphics, storylines, manufacturing. <laughs> That's a different debates. conversation, though. But this is what they're doing. They're taking a guy who's never broadcasted. Nobody has like any. Like Tony idea. Romo. Right. He's the exception. And now everybody wants their Romo. Witten was among the worst we've ever seen in any sport. I mean, I, Peyton Manning is not a good speaker. I think he's got a terrible sense of humor. He's not funny. And he's, he's probably not, not going to be a good announcer. Clip that for your social he's real. And I want the, that sent out on the, NFL Channel. As the I problem said, is, I, I am definitely a bigger fan of Peyton Manning than okay. other people in this room. Yeah, but that, as I, I, I would like it. I think it would be worth a shot. Here's the bigger thing. I don't think he's worried about legacy, all that stuff. I, or, you know, what is reputation? I'm Because I think when he, if he was going to do it, he'd want to do a great job. The bigger thing is he can do whatever he wants in his life, and this takes up tw- – suddenly you're back in the NFL. I know it's not like being a player, but you're on the road for 24 weeks a year. You've got some young kids. You've got a wife who you really – you know, you haven't really been around at home that much, and suddenly you're like, bye from Friday to Monday – he, he can't go hang out in New Orleans and watch Eli play the Saints. He can't do whatever he wants on the golf course or whatever Peyton Manning's doing. That's why they're courting happy. him and he is right. not courting anyone. It's like, that's a lot to give up. 
All right, and finally in the news, Trevor Simeon got another job. He is the new backup quarterback of the New York Jets with Josh McCown undecided on his future. Simeon joins the room that includes Davis Webb. Remember Davis Webb? So, uh, uh, and uh, similarly, there are people that are bigger Trevor Simeon fans in this room than me. Um, I love this Jets team. So not bad. Get, getting all my favorites. Not bad. I love, I love James. Get them all together. I love Jamison Crowder. You got Le'Veon Bell. Love him. Uh, Simeon. That's a nice, solid backup. <laughs> Who else did they add? Which one of those doesn't That's fit. about it. <laughs> um, all right. That's what's happening. Tom Compton. And then Tom Compton was a huge signing. We got Chandler Canizaro back in the building. Brian Poole. Henry Anderson, they re-signed him. That was yeah, kind of did. an under-the-radar one. Hank that Anderson. was nice. That was like good. That. Daniel Brown, tight end from the Bears. Who doesn't like Jamal Adams right now? Great Twitter account. I'm getting a little nervous, by the way. It's coming. Um, the Jets' new uniforms. It's a sneaky, more stressful fan experience than I expected. It's 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 an important time, and if it goes wrong, I can tell you personally, yes. all you'll have is just a bunch of knuckleheads. To, you know, it'll be your fault be. that the uniform does not work. I assume. Out. I just assume that's how it went. Or it could be out. like you cho- you make a disastrous uniform change, and then you win six Super Bowls over eighteen years, and you know, it's like people. What are you calling that? You, you're not a fan of the Patriots' current uniforms. It's a bad uniform. Come on. By the way, but but using the Patriots as an example, what didn't used to be such a big deal? When uniform, new uniforms were rolled out, they would just show up one year. And when now they, when it's those ones an came, yeah, that's fair. There wasn't it's all the event. attention, but I do remember when they they switched the uniforms because it also coincided with Parcells. That it was like, oh my god! Like everyone, at least in the New England area, it was such a like meaningful moment of like, okay, we're gonna change now. We've got the flying Elvi. Nashville got the draft because of their uniform unveiling a year ago when they got like 50,000 people in town square. That's wait, what? <laughs> That's a true story. They also had a music act that was playing, but that was seen as like a, a, a major um, win for the entire downtown sector, showing how alive the city was for this unveiling of the Titans uniform. I did not know that uh, little factoid. Look it up. Look That's it how up. they decide who goes to the draft? That's not exactly what I said, but it helped <laughs> them. It helped in the... Um, the pitch of Nashville as the draft okay. location. All right. Pitch nug. I just told you it. Now yeah, you know. That's great. <laughs> Are you annoyed that we're like stunned that you know something that we did not? That, that, seems that happens like a, all the time. It seems so a little <laughs> Not surprising. Yeah. Um, that's what's happening in the news. Uh, uh, let's see. What do we want to do? Ricky, what's going on with your DMs? We talked about it before you went away. Uh, they're pretty good. You want to hear one? Yes. Let's hear, let's hear one of your DMs. Is that Desiree? Yeah. That's what? I, um, what was that? What was that's that? my that's intro. That's uh, my intro, intro okay. to my DM. DM. It's going to be... Sounding like Joe Mar- Joan Armitrade. <laughs> Is that your vocals? No, no. Oh, okay. It's just in our library. Can I hear that again? Yeah, sure. Now it's time for Ricky's DMs. <laughs> okay. Poor man Sade. <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah, right? All right, what's in your DMs? All right, today's from at SiriusMH. You are slightly bent over in every picture. It's very amusing. Okay. All right. Craig's Give us the, That's the whole thing? Give us yeah. the closing music. What are you supposed to do with that information? The stand up straight? I was expecting something far more vile in the DM, so that's well, that's, good. Uh, that's, you know, We're not, starting slow. Not so subtly sub- suggestive in my mind. It is body talk. I think it's like a bent over. It's a weird, it's just a weird route that you're going down to meet. Maybe like when you're with other people in photos or something? 
I'm, I'm not sure what they mean. Mm. And this is a man or a woman or what? I, Sirius is also a radio network. So. Yeah, it's not. No, it's like okay. S-E-R-I-O-U-S, not maybe, radio. Maybe that code doesn't need to be cracked. Speaking yeah. of, if you if you do like Ricky vocals, she broke out some rap songs that she recorded uh, as a teen on the uh, Jessel, Nick, and Rosenthal Vanity really? Project, and they are something else. She put a lot of time into them. Like it's years troubling. of my life it's when troubling. I was 15. It's like actually. Uh, you had a rap shocking. history. It yeah. was shocking. <laughs> Interesting. Did you have natural Still ability? Recovering. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Solid production, though. Solid production, I will say. One of the songs was kind of a banger, but really, you know, but the rapping was, was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't good. Would have been good to share on our podcast, but it seems. I'd okay. be happy to play. <laughs> that was the most predictable way yeah. for that conversation to. No, I mean, it's, it's I, even as I was, I was like, should I bring this up or? No, it's gonna yeah, go down I mean, this been good. Withholding the content and pitching the other show. Yeah, mm. same That's time. Effectively done. Segment time, loud and clear. Like I have any control. <laughs> loud and clear. And this is a segment in which Wes, what are we do? What are we doing on loud and clear? It's about a billboard, isn't it? Some organizations have sent very clear messages in the first week of free agency, as far as how they see themselves and where they are going in 2019, they might as well put this message on a billboard because it's that obvious. Mm. It's so easy to see. The clarity is there. It's like play like a jet. That was the jet. That was their old one, right? Rex Ryan. That's that, not really that. Which great. came from play like a raven and morphed into play like a brown. Or like like buy like, one get like one lion, free whopper. Well, unlike, like that's clear. Unlike the mirages usually trumped up by marketing campaigns, these are actual things that are happening. All right, here we go. We're going to spin through the divisions and uh, throw out some different teams. Let's start in the AFC East and West. The Buffalo Bills. What are they being loud and clear about? We are out of cap jail. And back among the living. That's what the billboard says. And underneath, it just says really in small letters, we're determined to showcase Josh Allen as our electric <laughs> talent. Catch. Everything they're doing is determined to get Josh Allen a lot more help than he had last year because they have the dollars to do it now. Who, they also how had, did they end up in cap jail, by the way? Uh, the Doug Whaley, I believe, was a previous GM, mm-hmm. left them in some straits that the new GM didn't considered kind of dire so they were willing to sacrifice 2018 usually there's you know a lot of star players or big signings that go sideways i assume that's how it happened not a lot of payoff for that jail sentence i don't remember (laughs) right no i mean even now here are their highest paid players it's remarkable star lodalele that's their number one Mm. mitch morris is number two i mean so they could they have some more spending to go to your point i mean cole beasley's got to be up there yeah he's seventh behind joe brown trent murphy lashon john brown oh okay I, I agree that they they believe Sean McDermott, I think, is a quality head coach. I agree with him. And I think they're giving him every chance possible. This is year three for McDermott uh, to, to make a, a real push. That his coaching can coach up the defense, but that the offense under Brian Dable needed way, way, way more talent, and they were aggressive about it. I mean, they also you talk about Doug Whaley. They allowed Doug Whaley, the previous ownership and this current ownership, to hang around and in-house fight from what we know, with multiple head coaches who were not long for the organization. So whatever he left him in, they also had to make moves. That's an offense that needed outside of quarterback some help at every single position, right? So you, especially up front. You got, yeah, you got a center. You got, you actually got a tackle, Ty Nishiki, who I always thought, is that, I don't know how to pronounce his name, who I always thought Nseki? was pretty good uh, in Washington, couple of receivers, pretty clear. And the center. They did a nice job in free agency and, 
I mean, what are you doing? If you draft a quarterback in the top 10 and then you don't immediately set about trying to put him in a position to improve and succeed, you're lost. So, Buffalo, good job. Let's move to the AFC North. We're not going to hit every team. We're just going to jump around a little bit. Uh, Wes, let's uh, let's go with the Cleveland Browns, uh, a team uh, I know that you are falling in love with every day a little bit more. Their message, loud and clear, we have caught lightning in a bottle. We are galvanizing our fan base, and it's high time we we reemerge as a glamour franchise and NFL showpiece. Glamour. They're going to be one of the top eight or nine franchises in the NFL again. This sign would go where the LeBron image was. (laughs) It's going to go on the – it's like a mural on the side of a building. Works. And it's – I mean, again, is I guess you're referring to the 80s Browns? I was referring more to the 50s. Okay, the 50s. (laughs) I don't want to see LeBron James, by the way, at Browns games. I don't want to see – because they're going to be on primetime, like, what, six or seven times. I don't need the cutaways to LeBron in the suite. And I know it's coming, but LeBron – Oh, wait, he's a Browns fan now? Yes, now he's a Browns fan because him and Odell are buddies and all that. You already made – Shocking. You're a Cowboys fan. Yeah, you know, and we talked about it. root for your friends. He left Cleveland twice. Root for the city that he's. Please. He's literally from there. Stop it. He's literally from there. But why didn't he root for the Browns for the last 10 years? Exactly. He's been wearing a Cowboys hat. He's been going to Big D. He's a Cowboys fan. He was at the Rams. And a Yankees fan. He was at the Rams-Cowboys game uh, in his own tent. How are we talking about LeBron again? (laughs) (laughs) Why do I have the least amount of problem with him? Rooting for the Browns on the side. Half this room roots for multiple teams all the time. So it's like it's that you can choose what you want to do. It's just he he kind of played up the Cowboys thing yes. pretty hard over the past he 10 years. He played it up. And then the same guy with the Yankees and the Lakers and the Cowboys. Give me a break. We all have friends like that. <laughs> Bit of a front runner. Uh, Mark, the Cincinnati Bengals. What does their billboard say? Well, it's sort of, you know, you drive from Cleveland down to Cincinnati. You get a different message. It basically says, for me... Because when I think of the Bengals, I think of Wes. He he had enough with the Bengals, but you still have a little bit of Reds fandom in you. Oh, I have a lot of Reds fandom. All right, and the Reds are in baseball, and the Bengals are saying, unlike in baseball, the NFL allows 32 teams to compete equally from a financial standpoint. But we, cutting against the grain, are going to operate like a local, moneyless, family-run MLB team that you can count out before the season even starts. Wordy billboard. <laughs> a little wordy. I mean, it's like you're driving along the highway and you get part of the message. There's like multiple billboards in a row. So I, well, those are three, effective. Three billboards and ebbing. Those whatever. are effective. It's like the defensive coordinator hiring, which became a bit of a uh, social media joke, how long it took to, to find their guy. It just seems like Cincinnati's playing from behind in general right now. I, from what I can gather, the Bengals believe that they started out last year 3-1, and one, and every team can use injuries as an excuse. I know that. The Bengals believe, if not for injuries, specifically the Tyler Eifert injury that really hurt their offense, they would have been a playoff team. Then does Zach Taylor have any power inside that building? Well, I mean, they, they did lose Andy Dalton and A.J. Right. Green first. I, lo- they had a lot I of still don't think that – my pro- Tyler Eifert. My problem is the Bengals, even before, there was, a, there was a 2015 season where it looked like it was all going to happen potentially, and they were talented. But the Bengals in general, Love going into guy. last year, I don't care about 3-1, and one, don't try to pitch me – this idea that you're this playoff team that's going to suddenly show up in the AFC title game. Might they be are the mediocre. They've stuck with a mediocre quarterback for ages, and they, they're, the, they're the ones who don't seem to care. Might be the most balanced division, too. So that's, it's, those are six tough games in the division. It's, and I think it's a moratorium now on 
But remember 2015, and now too much time has passed. It's it's just a different situation no. with a whole different vibe in Cincinnati. It's not a good one. Let's move to the AFC South. Uh, another team that's on the rise in Wes's heart rankings, the Tennessee Titans. This is the team that inspired this segment. I believe they have sent the clearest and loudest message with their moves. Starting with Adam Humphreys, which was the missing ingredient on offense. Besides the quarterback. Well, Mariota is much better between the hashes. He's good. He's a good passer in the middle of the field. He's not good on the outside and down the field, which is surprising that they've never had a really bona fide slot receiver. This gives them that missing ingredient offense. Then Roger Saffold, the best run-blocking offensive lineman in free agency. That was a priority. Cameron Wake, which is the quintessential win-now pass rusher. And Ryan Tannehill, they're saying this roster is good enough to do postseason damage even if our quarterback goes down. I think they're also, and what I like about their front office has been one of our favorites in the past, not so much last year, is you're almost building around the quarterback right now because it's very possible that there is no Marcus Mariota or Ryan Tannehill long term at all. So you're building the rest of your roster. Maybe they're one of the teams. If everyone else gets the quarterback box check, you go get one in the draft next year and he comes to a playoff-ready roster. I feel like their billboard is, we still believe in you, Marcus. Now show it to us. We, we're giving you a team. We have a backup because we have to protect ourselves because you get hurt a lot. But you have a team. We've been patient with you. This is it. Go show us why you're the guy of the future for us. This I- is the al- alternate billboard. Take us seriously, period, with an emoji just praying. <laughs> they, I think they improved more than any team in the league over the last week just because they found three quality starters at positions they needed. They were all short. Other than Humphreys, they're really just short-term kind of gamuts, one or two years. And that's basically what how the NFL should be these days when you're filling in holes in free agency. I, I love what they did. Uh, stay in the division with the Jaguars. I will uh, tell you what their billboard is. It says... Hey, everybody, 2018 never happened. Jump back in our pool. I, I only wish the, the billboard had audio qualities. To it stay does. At the, okay. okay. <laughs> it does. Because it's it, much better when you throw the little It's Bluetooth accessible. Okay. And when you sync up with the billboard, you get that guy. Okay. Uh, we went. We got rid of the quarterback that we, we whiffed on. We replaced him with a better version, uh, a better version of a franchise quarterback. And uh, we keep most of the band we stuck together here on defense. We're going to run it back and they're going to get their mojo back. And the offense is going to be better because we have a better signal caller and everything is going to be okay. Jump back in the pool. I think that's well said. My only concern is that the billboard they tried to sell us all last offseason wound up being every single word was a lie. And so I I don't know if I trust the message. uh, I mean, they didn't lie to us. They, They were just wrong. Passers-by were throwing eggs at that billboard because they (laughs) knew it was wrong. Uh, It was a poorly thought-out billboard in 2018, but that's over, Mark. What about the Colts? The Colts, to me, it would be a billboard with less words than my last one that just says, don't try to tell me how to live. All right. Because to me, it's Chris Ballard who, all before before free agency, everyone's trying to say, we know what you're going to do because you have all this money. We're going to try to attach Le'Veon Bell to you. We're going to attach – maybe you go after Antonio Brown. Maybe you do X, Y, and Z. And Ballard just said over and over, actually, I'm not going to do – anything that doesn't fit exactly the way the Indianapolis Colts want to operate. I think the Colts are one team that thinks very much about the fact that where they are in the Midwest versus being in L.A. or New York, and they are committed. Ballard came up 
under Dorsey through the draft, so there's not a total DNA print there in terms of not being active in free agency. But he also spent time before that with the Bears that were not huge free agent type teams. They were draft and deliver. And I think that he is truly married and believes and was hired to rebuild the Colts this way. I think there was an agreement in place that this is how I'm going to do it. If it's not right, I'll do it. I'll do it my way somewhere else. What's your favorite type of frog? And the frog thing too. He's, he has stuck (laughs) with this message and he has not pulled a hook, line and sinker where he tells you one thing at the combine like Dave Gettleman and then goes, does a bunch of other stuff. He's stuck to it. Don't tell him how to live. It's funny to me how much they've been criticized, especially from Colts fans who are like, do something Colts. When you just saw the fruits of what he did, a year ago, it's very similar, and this drives me crazy every year, that Patriots fans do the same thing. They get all worked up and pissy in March about during the years when the Patriots are inactive because they tend to get active like every one or two two or three years. And it's like, haven't you learned, like, just, just trust them at this point. Ballard's earned some respect, and it's also mid-March. I want to evaluate his offseason in June because I think some of these guys that are out there that are going to go for less money, Justin Houston, Dominic and Sue, whoever it may be. I think the Colts will be active picking up a couple of these guys in their offseason will look a little I think different. it's fan FOMO, and, it, and honestly, the media does nothing to help even some of the smartest fans in the middle of March feel like, when is my team going to go do something? Because everyone else is lauded for throwing right. tons of money around. There's so many segments last Wednesday on the first day of free agency, including by us. It's like, how come this team isn't doing anything in free agency? All right, let's move over to the NFC and uh, start in the NFC East. The New York Giants, they, they seem to be a, a popular topic of conversation <laughs> lately. Um, I think the Giants billboard is, we are starting a new era. And I know that leads to the Snickers. Well, oh, what about Eli? He's still there. Eli is not part of their future. Eli is part of the past, almost as much a part of the past as Odell Beckham because they're going to draft a quarterback uh, next month, and they've gotten rid of the face of the franchise. Well, if Eli's the face, Odell Beckham was the most popular player uh, in the franchise. They are deciding to completely change what it is when you think about the Giants and that is a hard thing to do, and it's a hard sell to the, the fan base, and you're, you're seeing that and hearing that about how Giants fans are reacting because Giants fans weren't ready to turn the page on the old Beckham era, but Dave Gettleman and the Maras and apparently Pat Shermer were all on board with doing that. So we are. I think that one of the things they're trying to do is we want to get back to being the Giants and not being so flashy, and, not, and this is an Odell show where the Giants were a team that puts out a winner consistently, and we build a product that lasts. They didn't think Odell Beckham would be a part of that, so they made their move. I don't dis- I don't agree with it, but I think that's what they're thinking is we didn't like the direction that this franchise was going in with Beckham as the face of it, and we made a move to start over. Their billboard is only half right because there are two set- there are two qualities that go into loud and clear. It must be loud and it must be clear. Their message is just loud. It's not clear at all. I don't, I don't see. Yeah, it's, it's a very it's muddled, muddled message. It's, it's half complete. Like their billboard should still be someone's still up there pasting the little pieces of poster onto it. Because to me also, you cannot tell me that a new era, like when I think of Sean McVay attached to Les Snead and then you watch what they do over a couple months or a year. Yes, new era. 
other scenarios. New Era. Pat Shermer, Dave Gettleman, do not scream New Era to me. And and the history, unless you... There are times when you trade your star player away, Herschel Walker, and you become part of history because what you get back in return creates a new era and creates Mm. that new roster. And with Odell Beckham... we should wait it out, though. All I will say is that the deal on its face value, Gettleman feels like someone that did not... He can tell... He can say he was blown away. I have no problem with Giants fans saying, you're telling me that Jabril Peppers and a mid-round, first-round pick are blowing us away? No. He's one of those. I mean, it would fit in the loud but not clear. The, they, they, it's the billboard that's on fire in Missouri in that movie. You know, it's like <laughs> Francis McDormand is trying to put it out in the middle of the night. And Gettleman and Shermer think they're part of that new future? They are not. Well, then they okay. are not. I don't know who's putting the quarterback the, who's, who's not on the team yet. He's the, he's the new future. And whoever the young GM and young McVay-like head coach they hire next year, that is going to – the Giants are a work in progress, and it's very So this very is messy. next year's loud and clear billboard. No, their billboard this year is la- is whatever I said We're it was. lying to you, and yeah. then later we hope we get this Next right. year it's going to be the same exact billboard, okay. but with different people behind it. Uh, all right, NFC North, West, the Detroit Lions. Well, I think one billboard, if you are not willing to give them much credit, would be can you smell the desperation? A, a more politically correct one might be this. Put that on the media guide. Make or break year. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it would sell a lot of tickets. <laughs> Make or break year for the Matt Patricia. It's like what would the Bob pic- Quinn tag what would the picture team? be? It's like Matt Patricia, like like sniffing his armpits or something. He's wearing like a chef's hat. <laughs> and a spatula. Sorry, but <laughs> no, I mean you got the picture. That's what's going on in Detroit. Well, with all the all the Patriots signing all the, and the big uh, money, way too much for yeah. a bunch of guys who some of them don't even belong in the first wave of free agency, and I I don't know. I, it just feels like hey, first year of Matt Patricia did not go well at all. This team has no identity. Nobody outside of Detroit really cares about them one way or another. They're desperate to establish establish a culture, win some games, and save jobs. Mm. I like that. How about the Green Bay Packers, Greg Rosenthal? It's funny, that, by the way, this segment's kind of turned from loud and clear to just a billboard. Yeah, just now we're just billboards. But that's what a billboard is. <laughs> okay. All right. Their billboard would be, we heard you, we are your team. I really feel like the Packers mm. listen to their fans. They've been honking about not spending in free agency for so long. I think the natives were absolutely restless that they won six games with Aaron Rodgers in the middle of his prime. And no matter what was going to happen, Goody was coming into this month just going to usually going to spend crazy money. If he if he thought, hey, I got to pay Preston Smith seventeen million dollars a year, I'm going to spend it. I mean, uh, Zadarius Smith seventeen million dollars a year. I'm going to spend it on Preston Smith. I'm going to take Adrian Amos from from the Bears. I don't know if it's going to work or not, but I just think it really is uh, a case of there's no there's no owner there. But I think the groundswell, including from President Mark Murphy, who kind of acts as the owner, this is like the people's team. And the people were so sick of the way that they were doing things under McCarthy and Thompson that they had to flip it totally around this offseason. I mean, it helps that if you're the new GM, you're being compared to someone that essentially like crawled into a sleeping bag headfirst when free agency started, slept for two weeks, and then came out well-rested. (laughs) <laughs> that's what you're being compared against. If you're the, you're making any move, it's you he seem never active. looked well rested, but yeah. No, that's true. He never did. I mean, I just would say that listening to fans is never is not a good idea for a front. That's a little bit of my concern. Right. It's just this. There's this excitement. Hey, we spent in free agency now. Okay, that 
that that that to me doesn't say much good or bad. I want to see what Matt Lafleur does. I want to see if Mike Pettin can integrate all these guys. I don't, I don't know if this team solved it. They did a better job, we'll I think, this year investing in younger players, guys that they could build a core around. Yep. Last year it was older players like Jimmy Graham, um, who they kind of kept try to catch lightning in a bottle last year and it blew up in their face. Uh, the NFC South. All right, here we go, Wes. Give us something for the Charlotte-based franchise. Carolina Panthers, we grew too old, feeble, and decrepit. That is what their <laughs> billboard has said. Between With the season ticket number underneath. Like Obama had hope, but this sounds like it's going to generate more like, of yeah. a reaction. And then it's just a bunch of pictures of some of the great Panthers that they let go, like Thomas Davis and, Since and the end of the season, Brian Cleo. I mean, that seems mean to those guys. They have cut ties with 10 players over age 30. Mm. Had to do it. Yes. Because as much as Cam Newton's shoulder injury undermined that season and sunk it, I believe they were eight and three when he when he really started to show signs of wear and tear. You can't have an aging roster; it just doesn't work in this league. The defense, in particular, just fell apart. I know Cam Newton's arm got a lot of the attention as it should have, but the defense did not play well. Wouldn't you want to message that like we're getting younger? Yeah, let's, we're getting let's younger go, and hotter. Yeah, so you're getting people. Oh, I'm signing up oh, for this. Younger. Spin it. Yeah. Bring it back. No, that's a, was that Raheem Morris? That was Raheem Morris, but it's th- keep it in the NFC South and, and hijack Youngery. <laughs> no. Okay. It didn't work the first time. Okay. Finally, the NFC West, the Arizona Cardinals West. What's on that billboard? Let me check what's on the billboard. <laughs> we are tired of dealing with a tremendous talent deficit. <laughs> They were left. I love these billboards. I feel like sometimes they're more like loud and clear messages. They're not as much of a billboard. This was the message. No, that's okay. That was the point of the They're saying, look, I was the GM last year. Kimebaum is saying, I'm the GM this year. I I didn't leave myself enough players. So they have signed 12 veterans, starting with their waiver claim of DJ Swearinger at the end of the year. 12 veterans that are starters or borderline starters. It's a lot. It's a lot in one off season, but I think that's what they had to do of all teams. Good stuff. Loud and clear slash billboard. I liked it. Good seg. I think it's got legs, Wes. I think we'll see it again. We might have to touch a few things up. <laughs> I did like I that sometimes it. loud and clear, like Greg was saying, and the billboard, sometimes they were at odds, but it made it funnier when a loud and clear message was on the billboard. No, yeah. I didn't hear anything about a billboard until we started taping this podcast. What's That's more loud I'm and clear saying. than a billboard? A I like Skywriter? I okay, like next time billboard. it's Skywriter. <laughs> billboard's, <laughs> billboard's clear to me. Um, all right, there we go. Before we go, hey, Ricky, can you get Kent Brown on the phone, our fill-in producer sure. uh, for our shows last week? Um, you know, and I'm going to wait until he's on the phone to explain why it felt it was important to circle back with Kent who did a nice job for us last week, but something was brought to my attention that I feel like it would be wrong if we didn't address it on the show. Put it that way. Hey, what's up? Kent, what's up? It's Dan from the podcast studio. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. (laughs) Just your tone of voice quickly changed from excitement to, uh uh-oh, what is this? Um, (laughs) I just wanted to touch base with you, Kent, about – Something you said on the Friday show? Okay. Remember when you, you jumped in with that tidbit? The Toto tidbit? tidbit? The factoid. Which one? The, the nug. factoid, the nug that you jumped in with, and we kind of had like a vote. like there were 100 of them. We had a oh, vote. the Toto one, yeah. Yeah, the Toto one. What was it? The, for new listeners? Yeah, for, for new listeners, you had said that um, 
Sean Joe- Williams' son is the lead singer for Toto. Right, which was yeah. fine, and that's not necessarily um, incorrect. incorrect. But what you, what you failed to tell the audience and us uh, was that you have to put some respect on Bobby Kimball's name the founding member and lead singer of Toto, 1976 to 84. All the hits, you know? Ah, Rosanna. Right. Um, Africa. Africa. That is Bobby Kimball. Put some respect on that man's name. And he he rejoined the band in 98. He left the band in, ni- in 2008. Joseph Williams, this, this uh, guy this that- fly by night. Johnny Come Lately. Fronted as the lead vocalist from '86 to '88 when they were done, yeah, please. And he is now he tours with them, and, and now that you know they're a '70-something band. Uh, I mean '70s, and that's how old they are. What, Kent, what you did was you misled the audience, and I and I just want you to know that when you do come with the factoid, we need accurate figures, numbers, stats, information. Very true, but that's technically like saying like Derek Carr's a Pro Bowl quarterback. He's made a Pro Bowl, but he needed people to drop out in order to be a Pro Bowl. Wait, what? So, that's a good analogy. Back. It's like it's like saying Adam Lambert is the lead singer of Queen. It's like you can't just say that and just leave it at that. Yeah, analogy. but he wasn't, he wasn't the lead the singer for two years. It was the Andy Dalton as a Pro Bowler of factoids. Mm. Yeah, exactly but, right. Look his name up. The man had a name, and it was Bobby Kimball. Okay, your, Dan, your issue is I'll not... I'll never forget it. He, he is not incorrect to say that this John Williams' son did this for a certain period of time, but the main guy was left out of the factoid. Yes, and this... Politicians do this all the time. They withhold information. It's a way of not lying, but it's not really telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks for explaining that to us. Joseph Williams is the current uh, singer with the band, but I just want it to be known that the man that sung their greatest hits, Bobby Kimball, and Kent, you did a great job otherwise, but I, didn't, I couldn't let that go. Fair enough. I live in the current time, so I'm going to roll with the current singer. And <laughs> He's standing up the phone. He's annoyed. Hang up the phone. He's annoyed. He's done. He gone. Brown's done. He's annoyed. <laughs> it's sad because uh, you So know. you guys didn't think, you guys are worried about why, you know, we're waiting to do this call. Is it going to pay off? Listen, Kent needed to know that. His last few words were humming, humming, humming. It's kind of sad because I can just imagine Ken having gotten through four shows with uh, creeps like us thinking, gosh, that actually went really well. I thought they would be jerks to this out of nowhere. It was perfect. He's living high off the hog the last two days, and then he gets this phone call out of nowhere. Life comes at you fast, man. All right. Uh, Welcome back, Ricky. I'm sure you took a little pleasure in that as well. Super happy to be back. Uh, We will be back on Monday with our special show from the owners' meetings in Phoenix. Uh, So check that out. We're going to have, hopefully, I mean, we're getting a lot of notes right now. Let's just be totally honest. Uh, But I'm hoping we get, you know, multiple, at least two coaches that will talk to us. Even if it's like a strength coach, ultimately. (laughs) We'll take anybody we can get, and we will interview those people, and, and that content will be turned into fodder for Monday's show and Wednesday's show as well. Maybe. That's how it works. Perhaps. And we got a hot guest on the broadcast tonight, too. That's right. The old Zeuser is dropping in. Nice. I'm going to Emma VP Manor, in Ooh. fact, for, oh, the, yeah. for the taping. That'll so be out tomorrow. That will be fun. Ooh, nice turnaround. Okay, good. So check that out. Uh, and that's it. That's today's show. If you have any other rap recordings, they have to come to our show. Of course. I'll play them if you really want that. All right. Dan Hans is signing off for 
Clyde Storm, the mailman, the old boss, Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital. Rated R.